Good morning. Morning. How's it going? Not so good. <laughs> Why is that? Because I haven't slept in like six months. You haven't slept? You mean you haven't gotten a full night's sleep? No, I haven't gotten a full night's sleep okay. in six months. Yeah. And it's been even less than that for like the past week. Less than, less than what? Less than my usual lack of sleep. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So ironically, we're going to talk about parenting today. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one for me right now. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll just do small talk then. I don't know. <laughs> what is there to small talk about? Um, well, we saw a couple movies last week. Oh, that is that's true. Yeah. I've actually been watching some some television, some entertainment media. Yep. <laughs> so started Did we watch Stranger Things first? Yeah, we started Stranger Things first. Yeah, we've Season only two. watched like three episodes, so. Yeah. It's weird, man. It's weird. I remember last time, well, when Stranger Things, and the first season came out last year, that um, we tried to take it slow, and then we finished it all in like three days. Um, This time around, it's hard to find time to actually sit down and watch yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> we're taking it slow because there's really no other way. Yeah. Yeah, like we can't stay up super late. Well, I mean, I guess we could. Anyways, responsible adulting. Yay. With children. Called parenting. Yeah, hey, you're right. We could segue um, right now if we wanted to. No, so that's just starting out. I mean, we're not that far into it. Parenting or Stranger Things? <laughs> hey, both of them. I was thinking of Stranger Things. <laughs> It is um, quite a strange thing to parent a child. It is. And we have two strange things. Wow. So. <laughs> wow. It seems like our whole world was flipped upside down. Oh, zoom, zoom, zoom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but other than Stranger Things, we saw... What, what are your thoughts on Stranger Things? Oh, wait. Well, wait. Our... Are you okay with talking about Stranger Things? We could... What? I don't know. We could spill some spoilers. Uh, I mean, well, just talk about it without the spoilers. Gen just general thoughts on the season so far. I don't know. And it's a lot more... The pace is a lot faster. Um, okay, yeah. I feel like because, I mean, obviously there's... I mean, they have introduced, like, a couple new characters, but... For the most part, excuse me, you already know, ah, sorry, you already know all the characters, so they don't have to do all that, like, character building. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And the two characters that they have introduced, um, there's, like, some mystery to them. Dun, like, dun, ooh, dun. You know, like, what's their deal? What's their backstory? Um, but, yeah, since they don't have to do all that they can just pretty much like jump into stuff right away which yeah. is what has happened 
<laughs> yeah. So okay. So I'll I'll just I'll just lay it all on the table here without giving spoilers. Is that when I really enjoyed the first season of Stranger Things last year? I really did. I thought it ended really well mm-hmm. with a question mark, basically. Um, yeah. And I like that. I like that. I'm I'm glad it didn't necessarily wrap everything up. I could have. I could have just not. I I would have been fine if it was just one season of Stranger Things because it was good. Um. So when they immediately said that they were doing a second season, I was like, Oh no, oh no, they're gonna like tack something on, and it's gonna feel strange. <laughs> it's gonna feel weird. <laughs> um. And not fit very well together. So I was a little uh, hesitant when they said they were doing a second season. Then the second season came out, and it's gotten glowing reviews. And people are like, oh, it's great. Don't worry about it. It's great. It's so good. It's great. Um, so then I'm like, okay, sweet. I'm in for another season then. Why call it Stranger Things 2, though? Why not just call it Stranger Things? Season 2. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe for the... I mean, yeah. Like, the new batch or... Or is that just like Judgment sticking Day with the eighties theme? Right. Like, yeah. That's that's what I imagine. And Stranger Things three is gonna be the nineties. No, I'm just kidding. Oh goodness. Um, yeah, that'd be weird. I hope not. Like riding around on skateboards with their like weird black and white and pink shirts. <laughs> Anyways. So, um I will say that so I'm only three episodes in. It does feel different. In the first season, it's not, and it's weird to say, and this may change, so whatever. It, it doesn't feel like as dark and brooding as the first season, even though there is yeah. like an ominous. Um, well, bit because to they it. don't have to introduce the upside down to you, like you know what it is, right? But it's kind of strange. So I go back and forth. On the one hand, I think it's strange that everyone <laughs> just kind of went. I keep using that word. <laughs> I think it's weird that uh, everyone just kind of went back to normal after the first season because I feel like that would kind of uh, mess you up a little bit. Um, well, but they they address that. Do they? Yeah. I well, with with Nancy and right, Steve's yes, relationship, yeah, they definitely the, do. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't think that people went back to normal like. At the end of the first season, they were basically like threatened to keep for them to all keep their mouths shut and like basically act like nothing ever happened. Yeah. So they kind of have to do that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. It it just the feels the government is listening. It feels a little weird because like where the first season, I think you could compare it to something like It or something like, uh, I mean, I guess I did compare it to The Goonies. I feel very much like this one is more like lighthearted, for lack of a better term, more like Gremlins. No spoilers. Um, it, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gremlins, also Ghostbusters. Like. Yeah. Yeah, where it just so it is, it is a little more lighthearted. Yeah, there, there's I feel like there's more humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe it is like you said, the faster pace too. It just feels different 
than the first season so far. It's still good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just, um, I'm kind of waiting for it to all come together. We're only three episodes in. I mean, there's another six episodes. So it's just my initial thoughts is I'm still, still a little on the fence as to why it's required. No, there's nine. Oh, okay. Pretty sure there's nine. Okay. So six more. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm still a little on the fence. Like, did this need to be made? That's the only thing. We'll see. I'm sure it'll get better. I'm sure it's just ramping up, but those are my it initial It did because the thoughts. first season did so well that they knew that they would make more money well, in the second season. Yeah. I'm just hoping there was an artistic reason. <laughs> <laughs> Not just a monetary Cha-ching. reason. Yeah. I mean, way to go, Duffer Brothers. Why not? You know, just keep making them. Make your money. But that intro at the music, same though. time. Very 80s. Very Blade Runner. Arpeggiated synthesizer. <laughs> Good okay, stuff. so what was the other thing that we watched? Okay, next thing we watched, uh, we actually went to the movies. Yay, we went on a date. We had a date night. It's crazy. It never happens. Ate okay. some sweet pizza. Like, actually, literally, it was a little sweet because it had, um, what was it? Habanero honey something. Yeah, yeah. It was like a bacon habanero like marmalade caramelized bacon with habanero pepper which sounds really weird on a pizza so good so flipping good oh my gosh but anyways yeah sorry pizza and then we went and saw thor yay thor what ragnarok okay because i totally forgot what it was called <laughs> oh. well i mean if you hadn't heard the term before it's a norse term I actually didn't. I just think of Fraggle Rock. Ragnar. Oh, oh! I was like, do they mention Ragnarok? <laughs> Fraggle Rock? No. no. Okay, I gotcha. Thor Fraggle Rock. So <laughs> that would be an interesting movie. I mean, basically, it was so like full of jokes. <laughs> it was like, "What's up, dude? You're angry." I I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny, but I'm not yeah, a big good. superhero movie fan <gasps> oh no bum, bum, bum. Um, what do you do for entertainment um so i i like guardians of the galaxy and i liked this one because they don't take themselves seriously like yep because how do you take a superhero movie seriously it's complete fantasy anyways you can take fantasy seriously. You do you can, take Lord you of the can. Rings seriously? I love Lord of the Rings, yes. There you go. Do you take Harry Potter seriously? But Lord of the Rings is done really well, and most of these superhero movies are just not written very well. Hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, but yeah, no, I really like... I liked this one because it was really funny and didn't take itself seriously whatsoever. Yeah. I agree. I don't know that there's actually that much to say, which is kind of weird. I know it's getting rave reviews. I wouldn't say it's as great as, as like Rotten Tomatoes might have you think. Like, I don't think it's the best Marvel movie ever made. Um, I've seen know. some articles that say that it's peak Marvel. Eh, I, I disagree. But, um, mm. but I think it's up there. I think it was a, a really fun time. Like you said, I, I think you put it really well. So it just doesn't take itself seriously. And that's a good thing. It's not that it's like campy it's not that it's not like slapstick the whole time right right it just doesn't it doesn't the you know the witty humor yeah yeah 
the the whole like destroyer of worlds shtick isn't like yeah dark and ominous you know how i mentioned stranger things was no it's it's like the opposite of that it's like yeah there's this evil coming but it's just like oh no what are we gonna do let's make a joke at it (laughs) and then yeah it's good it was a lot of fun um i originally didn't even care about the movie Uh, i haven't even seen the second thor movie i saw the first and that kind of made me not interested in the second (laughs) sort of it was just a very bland movie. I think the first Thor movie is mm. just like average filmmaking across the board. Very, um, very blah, the whole thing. Yeah. Um, like, you know what you're going to get in the first five minutes and that's all it ever does. I know Anyways. I've seen it. I just don't remember it at all. Natalie Portman and Thor guy. Yeah. I just remember he comes to Earth. He's Chris like stuck in Earth Hemsworth? something. There you go. You got it. Right. And then like, you know, um, her her dad is like some crazy scientist. And oh, I don't even remember doesn't that like part. It. And it's, it was, it was, yeah, see, it's unfor, it, unforgettable. It's forgettable. That's what I meant to say. Forgettable. It's forgettable. That's what it is. <laughs> Bland and forgettable. Um... And then we watched... Don't like that shiz. <laughs> sorry, that was weird. <laughs> and then we watched... Um, sorry, I got distracted. The squirrels were playing outside. hey Um They're awake. Another strange movie. Doctor Strange. hey it, it was a strange sandwich of yep. film this week. Was, yeah, was. so there was a scene in Thor Ragnarok um, that is an extended version of a scene at the end of Doctor Strange. But it was a scene with Doctor Strange in it, and I think visually it was probably my favorite scene in the movie. It was just really cool the way that Doctor Strange was like manipulating things, and not necessarily like, you know, like doing magic all over the place, although there was a little bit of that. But just the way that um, the scenes transitioned and the hard cuts and the way that it affected the people on screen was just super cool. And so I was like, dang, I need to watch that movie. Um, if it's going to be that cool and inventive, like, it's I should not. watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say it was as bland as Thor, but it was, um, it felt unearned. In yeah. in the plot as well as in the visual, there wasn't styling. much character building, and yeah, I felt like he just he became like the best way too fast. Yeah, it was really weird. Yeah, exactly. And it was really anticlimactic. I felt. Yeah, which on the one hand I think is well. I was going to say refreshing, but I guess a lot of the superhero movies do that also, where they just become more powerful and then they take out the bad guy. Um, I don't know. It was different. It wasn't like a big spectacle last battle. But the bad guy wasn't, I don't know. That that was the part that was anticlimactic for me. It was like the bad guy wasn't all that great. Yeah, so it it's a very comic booky type of ending where with a movie 
it, it's hard to convey what the bad guy was on film versus like a comic book or a novel. You can describe things more, um, but with a movie you have to show, right? So it's it's hard to show what a creature that consumes universes actually is. And so instead it was just a big purple face. <laughs> you know, so so it's hard. I, I get it's hard and I, I kind of think, you know, I think they did an admirable job with what they had to work with. It just doesn't convey and film very well. But I do, I, I agree. It was kind of like, you didn't really see a struggle. You just saw, hey, I have Doctor Strange be like, hey, I have this idea. I'm going to do it. And then it worked. Meh. Which I think, like you said, it it kind of, um, uh, it, it made it feel unearned, like he was just the best automatically. Well, it was kind of all over the place, too. I don't know. Maybe that's just the whole like magic thing, but it was just like they're yeah. here, now they're here, now they're there, now they're here, now they're there. Just like what in the world? Yeah, is happening. Yeah, I felt like because you were put in the the shoes of Doctor Strange and he didn't know what was going on, I felt like you were just kind of along for this ride as well. Whereas all this weirdo stuff is happening, and and you don't really know. They they don't really explain it until afterwards. Um. Which is difficult for this type of movie because like a normal superhero origin story, like they, they kind of ramp up or they're like, you know, he was dipped in the special serum and now he's magical or now they're mutants or whatever. Whereas this is like, there's this entire world of sorcery that doesn't have any rules to it. You can bend space and time and do whatever you want and it just starts showing up on screen without any explanation. So yeah, it was weird to... It was hard to even care mm-hmm. <laughs> because it didn't seem like anyone followed any rules. There was just things that were happening. Strange things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I felt like visually that was the case also. The movie opened up and there was already some visual effects. They were like bending the world in an Inception kind of way. Whereas I felt like Inception really um, actually told you what was going on and it was more part of the story that these... You know, that they're creating these worlds in a dream. And it made more sense. Whereas, like, with a bunch of sorcerers just jumping around and bending space and time, it felt like they could do anything. And, and then, like, running through these bent worlds. And so one sorcerer is upside down on the left part of the screen and the other one is, like, to the side on the right side. So it was just really weird and hard to... It was hard to care because I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So as 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 big of a spectacle as it was, it, it didn't have it lacked that yeah. heart. Yeah. So it was just okay. It, like it had some good things going for it. It just wasn't very well executed. And Mr. Cumberbatch, I don't mm. like him with an American accent. <laughs> yeah, it feels fake, and I don't know. It's not that he didn't nail it. It's that. I just know him with a British accent. And his accent is so cool. Like, he has a really cool voice. Yeah. Why alter it? Um, That's kind of biased. What, you think British accents are just, like, way better than anything else? Yes, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm sorry, Mr. Eggs Benedict, Cabbage Patch. They're more entertaining for me. (laughs) 
you entertain me with a British accent. It is. It's more entertaining. I don't know it why. It's more like, theatrical. Maybe that's it. Like, for some reason, just British accents are very entertaining to me. They make things funnier. Funnier? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. And more serious and dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... I, yeah. I'm sure we could analyze that for the next half an hour. But, <laughs> but we're not going I don't to. really want to. It's an interesting thought, though. What about you guys out in podcast land? What do you think about British accents? Does it make everything better? And why does it make everything better? Do you have time to think? I don't have time to think. <sighs> two kids. We don't have time to think. Yeah. No time to sleep. No time to think. No. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore because I'm not thinking. So, <sighs> kids. Kids. Yeah. Them, them little chitlins. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that, isn't that like the little gum, the little pieces of gum? Those are chiclets. Chiclets. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> chiclets. So where did I get that from? I don't know. What is a chitlin? Um, is it like a pork chop? I'd probably not. Because it sounds more like chicken than pork. Yeah, I'm I'm Googling it, but I'm probably... Oh, okay. No, it's not. Oh, it's a uh, prepared food usually made from the small intestines of a pig. Mm. Although the intestines of cattle and other animals are sometimes used. Delicious. But it's chitterlings. Mm. There you go. Anyways. Nice um, steaming plate of... Intestines. Disgusting. Intestines. Thank you. Yum. Um. So, parenting. Shout out to Logan Sharp for requesting this topic yeah shout out <laughs> where you go logan Anyways. thank you because <laughs> we can't think any longer um so parenting is a very it's a very wide topic um there's i mean if you are a parent your whole life falls under parenting basically mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I will say that it's probably apart from marriage the most sanctifying that, thing in yeah, my life. You got it. You got it. That's what I was going to say, <laughs> but I didn't want to cut you off. Yes. Good word. Um I've learned even more so of how much of an impatient person I am <laughs> and how ungracious I tend to be. Yeah, being a parent really like points out your uh, your flaws. Yep. They become because, more apparent. Huh. Because your uh, your whole life is pretty much a uh, an example to your children and they pick up on things. Yep. They're like a little mirror. A little, little sponge mirror. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's fun. It's fun. It is fun. It is fun being a parent. 
Our kids are amazing. Yeah, they are. I love them. They're super cute. Mm -hmm. Even when they're not sleeping. (laughs) That's in the middle of the night. (laughs) Yeah, it is really frustrating when you know you're baby wakes up in the middle of the night and just wants to play and you're like super tired (laughs) but then they're like smiling and laughing and cooing and talking and you're like how can i be mad at you you're so cute you're just happy you just don't want to sleep but you're not complaining yeah you're just like i'm gonna make the best of it right here (laughs) life is awesome isn't it dad scratch (laughs) kick yeah Exactly. Like, this is so cool. I can move my legs. <laughs> yeah. Just exploring. exploring. I guess she scratched world. you this morning. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, like, rolled over, and she was right up against me, and she just kept, like, clawing at my arm. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. I thought it was super cute. I was totally <laughs> fine with it. Um, I, I wanted her to just, like, cuddle up against me, but she didn't want to do that. She wanted her space to be able to move her arms around. But um, but no, she was super cute. Yeah, just talking. It's like, oh, I'll lose sleep over this. That's okay. But it yeah. wasn't so cute to me this morning. <laughs> I was so tired. Gotcha. Because I've been so tired. Yeah. For a while. <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get used just to it. Part of being a parent. Yeah. I just learn how to deal with it. Yeah. Find things that wake you up, give you energy. Mm-hmm. I th- I think your body is um resilient though. It'll it'll adapt. Well, yeah. You go it with definitely less sleep. does. Definitely does. Get used to it. Um So yeah, what other what facets of parenting should we focus on? Well, um, he, he'd asked about parenting tips. Okay. What are some tips about parenting? So for someone, so I, I, I will say this is, um, it is quite a drastic change going from no kids to going to a kid. It is. Um, mentally and. Physically. Well, yeah, especially for the mother. <laughs> Physically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dad puts on the pounds. Um. Now, so it, it yes and no. It, it, you know your your entire world changes. Yes, but I also in in my case, um, you know, I've always I've always wanted to be a dad. I've never like I'm not one of those people who's like, no, I'll never have kids. You know, we did wait a while to have kids um, because I wanted to be. We got married young, and so I was like, in my head, I'm just like, yes, we will have kids, but. You know, we need to kind of stabilize a little bit, you know, put our relationship first. So, And I was, was like, give me a baby. Yeah, like right after we got <laughs> married. <laughs> right after, like six months. You were like, I think we should have kids. And, and, you know, a little background. Samantha worked with kids for years and years. I've always wanted um, to be a mom. Yeah. So so I totally, I totally get it. But that was my first dose in our marriage of women change their minds over very important things. <laughs> Um, so that was fun. That was a fun five and a half years. <laughs> it was a fun had... five and a half years. I know, I know. But we just like would go back and forth like every nine months or so of 
I really want a kid. No, I don't think we can do it right now. But I really want a kid. But I don't <laughs> right now. Yeah. So uh, anyways, that, that's just a preface. We don't have to get into that because we're talking about parenting. So after we we did um, decide to have kids. Uh, so yes, it changes. It changes a lot of things. But for me personally, my experience was that once we got pregnant, that was kind of the wake up call for me of like, you are a dad now. And so you just see the world differently. Like, like you had mentioned, your child is always going to look to you. Um, <laughs> it's kind of cheesy. Monkey see, monkey do, right? Like, well, yeah, you're their example. Like, yeah, in how to be a person, like mm-hmm. in how to function. And so the things that you do, um, you know, if you've been listening to the po- this podcast, you know me, I, I can be kind of passive, like I'm just pretty chill and laid back. And it dawned on me, like, I can't do that anymore. I can't be as much that anymore. I have to be more intentional about the way that I um, interact with everything. Like, I can't I can't just, you know, sit around and watch Stranger Things all night, all the time. <laughs> uh, because, like, then you're setting this example of that's how you function as a person to a child. And that's not, uh, you know, that's not healthy. So mentally, once I found out we were pregnant, it was a big shock of, okay, like this is, <laughs> this is life now. Um, this is what is, is happening. And, and I need to now function as a father. Like I have this new role as a father and um, I'm going to have to like basically grow up, <laughs> you know, put your big boy pants on. Uh, and, and I mean, it's the same thing as like getting married, right? Um, you realize a lot of things about yourself um, that you didn't before, a lot of character flaws. So with parenting, I mean, it, it is the same thing where like, yeah, you realize that, you know, where you fall short and um, you try and do better for the sake of your kids. So it all kind of hit me at first and then you have nine months, right? or, you know, eight months or whatever from when you find out of like, okay, this kid's, this kid's going to get out of the womb somehow. Um, ask your parents if you don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, so it's kind of, it's kind of not to over spiritualize things, but it's kind of the, you know, the new heavens and the new earth type thing, right? The already and the not yet. We live in this world with this promise of, of redemption and truly we do have salvation but this promise that that jesus is coming back that he's going to return that he's going to conquer sin and death that he already has but he will like consummate that soon so we live in this time of looking forward to that and walking in that even when our circumstances in the world that we live in doesn't necessarily look like that all the time um there's a very slight bit of that i don't mean to overemphasize it um but there was a bit of that like in that pregnancy stage of like i am a father but i can't see my child um i i am a father and i need to function as a father right now like before my kid comes out so that i can be a better father um and so that that time of you know eight nine months was a lead up to actually having kids that i think 
most of my formation in just like mentally preparing myself to um, to be a father really happened for me. I know it's different for other people, but in my experience, that's that's what happened. So yes, all that to say is that my world did change completely, but it wasn't as drastic like when the kid popped out. That's not what it was for me. It was that moment of finding out we were pregnant and then walking and, and like accepting that for the next few months <laughs> that we are now parents and then um, and then actually acting that out after Ollie was born. Yeah, little Ollie. Yeah. Fun times. <laughs> Fun times. Yeah, I was... I was that weird person that like grew up watching birth videos. So <laughs> Yeah. I I felt pretty prepared um when we did uh conceive. Um and yeah, I, that that's something I would recommend definitely is knowing what birth process you want. Mm -hmm. and how to achieve that well Mm -hmm. basically like train yourself for your birth yeah um because it's not something you've ever done before and (laughs) you need to learn how to do it basically yeah um yeah one one of the books that i read talks about it like if you're gonna run a marathon if you know you're gonna run a marathon in eight months then you need to start preparing yourself now to do that you know Mm -hmm. like eating better and running more (laughs) so that you're used to used to it when you're forced to run you know 20 what is it 26 miles in a marathon something like that 21 no idea i've never run i don't remember yeah (laughs) sorry we're not runners um but just just like that you know you have to prepare yourself for what's going to happen yeah um and not not to get on a soapbox we did have a um a home birth so it was we've had um, two Two home births, yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, unmedicated, Samantha is amazing. Um, so she, you know, she was made for this. But literally, uh, yeah, <laughs> I meant what I said, woman. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, pr- preparing yourself. Uh, one of the things. So, so I, I have a different experience. I mean, obviously, I'm not a woman, so I've never like thought much about pregnancy uh before it happened to you but um but i didn't know anything going into it basically which is weird because my parents did you know i'm one of five kids and um we did have some of them at home uh so you'd think that i would know more and i I mean i was comfortable as a little tiny kid like oh yeah mom's having a kid in the other room (laughs) Uh, i'm gonna go watch peter pan now weirdo well and but, you were really com- you, like when i said that i wanted to do a home birth like you were really supportive you were like yeah yeah cool yeah yeah uh but i had to it is kind of that whole pregnancy thing of like yes i think that's a good idea i need to prepare myself for what's going <laughs> to happen because i'm a big part of that you know you're not you're not alone um in a home birth um but all that to say uh like you said um i you know i, I wouldn't necessarily say um Everyone needs to have a home birth. No, that's no, you don't have to. Um, 
but look, I mean, look in, look into your options. No, what I want to say, I'm sorry, again, I don't mean to get on a soapbox. <laughs> what I want to say is that what helped me is that to think that women have been having children for thousands of years. Um, so this is not, yes, it is new for your body, your wife's body, but it is not new like the, what I said earlier, this is actually what the female body is made for. Um, now, bodies are different and, and some um, are going to have issues. You know, I, I totally get health concerns, all that stuff. Um, you know, talk to your doctor or whatever. Uh, I'm not giving medical advice, <laughs> but it really helped to just step back and think because of our current culture of you don't ever talk about having a birth you know, or, or when you do talk about birth. You, you think about how traumatizing it was, right? That's our culture is that birth is traumatizing and put me to sleep and cut me open so that I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. I, I would say like, um, don't think of birth that way. Think of it as um, you're having a child and it's something that every mother has It's a gift done. that God has given us. Yeah. Every single person has been born. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Except the ones who haven't. It doesn't make any sense. Um <laughs> But, you know, every human you talk to, their their mom birthed them. Yes. So it's not a, um, it's not too crazy. Like you can, you can get through this. Just do your research and, and see what you want to do. Um, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I think that's all. Uh, that's all that I was trying to say is that it helped me to remember this isn't new. Mm-hmm. People have been doing this for a long time. <laughs> this is what the body was made for. This is what the different canals are for. <laughs> Um, anyways, how do we get off into pregnancy? We're talking about parenting and, uh, we decided to talk about pregnancy. Well, that's Fun. when it starts. It does start with that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, even mentally with me, it started there. Um, not that I got pregnant, but, <laughs> um, so then after pregnancy and after the birth process, <laughs> now you have this kid. And it's the weirdest feeling in the world when everyone leaves. And, you know, in our case, it was a it was a home birth. So our midwives left our house and we're just we're 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 there now. You know, we haven't had sleep in a long time because of the birth process. <laughs> and now there is this baby mm-hmm. with the two of it. Like it's no longer just the two of us. Now it's the, the three, three of us. Of us. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I prepared for the birth. Now I don't know what to do with a <laughs> fresh baby. Yeah. Well, and every child is different. So, I mean, we can only speak to the experience that we've had. Yeah. Um, but, um, I mean, though that first month, I remember, was super rough. Yep. Um, because, well, first of all, because I was in labor for... 78 hours. Yep. Um, And then, so I didn't sleep then. <laughs> and then you had a baby and then you don't sleep some more. So then you have to learn how to feed it. <laughs> yes. Take care of it. Which women, mothers, I will tell you right now what they didn't tell me is how flippin' hard breastfeeding is. They're just like, oh yeah, this is how you do it, blah, blah, blah. They don't tell you 
how your nipples are going to crack and bleed Oof. and Oof. you're going to have shooting pains whenever uh, like up into your armpit whenever you try to latch your child and then there's the whole mastitis thing and yeah some women are and babies are amazing at it from the get-go that was not me and oliver <laughs> it was incredibly painful and really really hard um i mean i pretty much like cried whenever i would try to nurse him because it just hurts so bad um but sorry dudes i know it just got really uncomfortable <laughs> but i pushed through it and i'm really glad that i did because i got to nurse him for 15 months um yeah so yeah so you see what you get you're like hey guys talk about parenting tips let me talk about sore chapped nipples <laughs> awkward (laughs) well that's the reality of it yeah okay so this is another thing is you know the whole preparation that i was talking about earlier is like actually being comfortable talking about these things yeah where i was not at all beforehand i mean before we had kids uh i'm not one of those people who's like oh it's a baby let me hold the baby it's so cute you know like this the joke in seinfeld no i am um I was like, oh, yeah, it's a miniature human. That's cool that you have one of those. <laughs> you know, like it just it it wasn't it wasn't a thing for me. And I'd feel awkward, like trying to hold a child. And it's just like like this is super cute for you guys. But I, I don't care to hold it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So um, so part of that whole preparation process was like okay suck it up dude um yeah learn about the birth process like this stuff is weird communicate with each other Mm -hmm. like what you're comfortable with what you're not comfortable with what you want you know yeah so so things like breastfeeding whereas i would have gotten super awkward before and i'm sure a bunch of you people out there listening um if you don't have kids are just like why are they talking about this skip 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 and you can skip that's cool just you don't have to listen to this but um, it's it's just one of those things I had to get comfortable with, and now I'm super comfortable. So sorry if I have swung the pendulum the other way, and it's just super awkward for everyone. <laughs> um, yeah. But so that's fun. So then, yeah. Now you have your child. What do you do with your child? Um, you well, take care of it. Yeah. Uh, so this is another area where I am super blessed because Sam worked with kids for so long. Whenever I didn't know what to do, like, she already knew what to do, basically. She was super prepared for the taking care of children part where I kind of fumble through it. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I just want to hang out with my kids. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> so. Sorry. I, I, well, I was, <clears throat> was going to say something, but I'm not sure if I wanted to say it. I don't know. We uh, we watched a movie last night for uh, my class. Uh, yeah, I know this is kind of weird, but we watched The Pursuit of Happiness, w- Will Smith. And uh, in that movie, he was very determined to be a part of his son's life because he didn't have a dad. The and main to character. take care of him, yeah. Yeah, and... and it, to provide for him. Yeah, it, it was a good picture of, of what that means to be a father, I think. Sacrificially, um, yeah, what it means. And like holding that priority... His, his kid was his main priority through the whole movie. So, um, 
sorry, that just popped into my head because they're talking about, I don't know what I'm doing, but like my kids are a priority, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and, and I guess with that sidebar is that while yes, you are um, tasked as a parent by God to raise your children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. That's a biblical term. Don't get too, um, I don't know, up in arms about it or freaked out by that. Um, yes, while that is true, I I believe that your relationship with your spouse still comes before your relationship with your kids. Yes. I think the the husband and wife relationship is the foundation of the home. Definitely. And so you need to have that foundation sure um, in order to build a relationship with your kids. The reason I say that is because I see a lot of parents talk about their kids like they are the most important thing in the world mm-hmm. and kind of treat their spouse more like they are a means to an end mm-hmm. to better their children's lives. And I think that is uh, sad. It's backwards, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's disproportionate. Yes, you have a responsibility for your children. Um, and, in, and in certain ways, like, you have to protect them and and sometimes so your first priority is to your spouse sometimes that looks different because your children just need more from you than your spouse does but your priority should still be your spouse over your children yes don't put your kids in danger that's not what i'm saying but what i'm (laughs) saying is that um you can't don't raise your kids at the expense of your spouse Mm -hmm. um okay that was my sidebar that was my sidebar because I just think it's, it's dangerous, especially, I mean, especially within Christian cultures, I see it, um, is that people are so focused on their kids. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, excuse me, that's a good thing to point out because I mean, we're a podcast about communication. Hey, um, so having good communication with your spouse is really important before you have kids because, you're going to be so busy and so tired <laughs> yep. that really um, trying to form that after you have children is going to be a lot harder. Yeah, it's it's not impossible. They're, no, they're... it's not, but it's going to be a lot harder. And it's going to make parenting harder if you don't already have that foundation. You definitely have to be more intentional. Mm-hmm. Yes. So so we, that, that was one of the reasons I, I wanted to um, not have kids right off the bat. There's nothing wrong, inherently wrong with having kids right after you get married. No, by all means, go for it. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think you have to, you definitely have to be more intentional because then your marriage can become about your kids simply because like, that's all you've ever known in your marriage is kids. Yeah. Um, so, so not that that's a bad thing, just that, um, yeah, you have to be more intentional about it. You have to really try and make sure that it's your priority and mm-hmm. not just like fall back on, well, the kids need X, Y, and Z. Yes, right. they do. But your spouse also needs A, B, and C. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. So, I, I don't know how much I know you asked for practical tips on parenting. <laughs> um, our oldest kid is two years old. Um, yeah, we've been only we've only been doing this parenting thing for about three years. So, 
Yeah. So so it's difficult um, to give kind of practical tips. Uh, maybe I should have sat down and like thought through this more. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> maybe we'll just sprinkle them as we go through uh, more podcast episodes. But I think what's more helpful for me is not so much the tips as it is the foundation of what parenting is. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned it earlier, um, but parenting is not just, you know, I, I like to make things uh, flippant. I like to make things um, more like I, li- I like to have a sense of humor with everything. And sometimes that gets me in trouble because I have a sense of humor with serious things. Um, so I don't mean to take away any importance, but uh, parenting isn't just, oh, yeah, I have a kid now there. I'm going to fit them into my life. Um, parenting is a God-given role. So as, as you step into parenting, um, you, you can't just view it between you and your spouse and you and your kids, but it is also between you and God mm-hmm. and God gives this gift of parenting to a mother and a father. And there is a end goal in mind. Like it's not just a nebulous thing. There is a reason that God has given you children. Um, and this was very foundational. <laughs> There's a book that um, I still haven't finished, and I've started it like three or four times over the past few years. <laughs> um, but it, it lays down this principle so well, like it changed my whole view of parenting. Um, and it's called... Shepherding a Child's Heart? Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. I highly recommend it. I haven't read very many books on parenting and I need to change that. Um, but this one in particular has, has really helped me kind of focus my thoughts and to see that um, the role of a parent is not to attempt to create perfect children, perfect obedient children. Um, it, it's not that to ain't make... That going to happen. <laughs> well, right. I mean, you would have to be a perfect parent in order to do that and... I'm not a perfect parent. And your children are depraved, so... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're little sinners, you know, and they... You know it, and they know it. They'll they'll do things just to get on your nerves, uh, which is kind of funny, but... I mean, mm, literally yesterday, Ollie was trying to play with the glass coasters over there, Mm -hmm. and I told him no to put it down, and he put it down looked at me right in the eye and kicked my water bottle over and then and then walked away <laughs> <laughs> what a punk <laughs> it took everything in me not to laugh yeah see i'm bad about that i probably would have laughed. Um, but i also I like didn't know what to do it's like what well, just you happened? did what i said you just made it very clear that that's not what you wanted anyways so uh, yeah so so kids are kids are sinners too people (laughs) um you don't give in to their sin you have to try and correct it so uh the scripture says train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not turn from it it's a good proverb um to know that your task is to train up this child but it's not to train them in how to act good right that's part of it it's not but that's not the gospel the gospel isn't yeah. um, change what you're doing and be a better person, and then your heart will change. 
that's the opposite of the gospel. That's the Pharisee. That's what the Pharisees were teaching mm-hmm. is like follow all these rules rigidly and God will accept you. If that's the way we're parenting, if we're parenting like Pharisees, we're not going to. You're not modeling the gospel. For, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Children. So what was foundational to me is that your end goal ought to be to point your children to the gospel, point them to Christ. We don't have the ability to change someone's heart, right? I mean, like any relationship that you have where you're preaching the gospel to someone, uh, however you do that, however you make that evident, you don't have the ability to change them. Right. And that's, I mean, it's difficult, especially with someone so close as your kids. You don't have the ability to change their heart, but you can direct them. You can continue to preach to them and show them the gospel in your actions, in the way that you, um, because you are an authority over them, Mm -hmm. in the way that you wield your authority, in the way that you show grace and mercy, and in the way that you um, blatantly tell them what they're doing is sin and why they're sinning is because their heart is sinful. And that's difficult. It's hard, especially in, in today's culture, you know? Um, it's easy to shift the blame, uh, but to look someone in the eye and say, you're sinning because you're a sinful person uh, is difficult. It's not mm. easy, but it's what It's the loving thing to do. Yeah, and it's what you're called to as a parent mm-hmm. to show your child that so that you can also show them the grace and mercy of a God who loves them. Yes. Despite their sinfulness and a God who has taken away that, who has conquered that sin. And that's your role as a parent is to model that. Right. Not to create obedient children. Um, Hopefully obedience would flow from that because you're showing them grace and because, you know, just like us following the Lord, right? Right. If Jesus said, if you love me, our you will. Obe- right. Yeah, our obedience comes from our love. Exactly. For Christ. Exactly. So we, yes, we want to be obedient to God, but it's not out of duty. Right. It's out of love for what he has done so that we ought to be that for our children as well. Um, and that was a huge just paradigm shift in my mind is like, okay, I don't have to, it, it also kind of frees me to say i don't have to be perfect Mm -hmm. but i have to model the gospel right that's what i ought to be doing so when i do screw up in front of my kids i need to show them that there's grace like ask for forgiveness Mm -hmm. and tell them that you know i'm not always right i'm not the god figure in their life right that is always right i need to repent before god and before man as well and seek forgiveness um, so even modeling that. So that, yeah, that was a huge mm-hmm. shift in my thinking as a parent. And so you're asking for parenting tips. That that was the biggest thing for me. And right. then out of that flows the way that you interact with your children. Right. Well, pra- practically, um, some ways, like how that might look, um, would be obviously disciplining your children, mm-hmm. um, which, like I said, every child is different, so you're just going to have to see what works better for your child. Um, you know, try different 
forms of discipline and obviously don't beat your child, but um, <laughs> different forms. That's not discipline. No. That's uh, abuse. Yeah. Um, try different forms of discipline to see what works for your child. Um, uh, also, I realized I'm not against spanking. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying don't beat your children. Right. Okay, sorry. Spanking is sorry. not abuse. Yeah. Anyways. Um, and also, um, yeah, modeling for them grace and... You know, we don't we don't want them to just have a moralistic worldview, um, but you do want them to have the correct morals. <laughs> to know right from wrong. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so modeling things like that, like we, we do family, you lead us in family worship mm-hmm. um, as often as we can. And um, I think that's a great, a great model for our children to see that we do this together mm-hmm. um yeah regularly we're, we're baptists but it's a way to say our family worships god right like this is this is how you do it practically mm-hmm. yeah and you know reading him scripture praying with him you know g- from from the beginning doing those things so that they just become second nature for him mm-hmm. as he gets older. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of basically <laughs> harnessing and forming his relationship with God before he really has one, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was going to say allowing the spirit to awaken him, uh, but that that's bad words. <laughs> God can do what he wants. He doesn't need us to <laughs> allow him to do things. But I mean, it is... God uses means, mm-hmm. right? So he speaks through his word. So so speaking his word into your children, even before they are Christians, is still a good thing. Yeah. You know, you you still preach the gospel with the Bible to unbelievers. Right. So, so you want to train up your children. Just, there's just that fine line that you don't want to, like you're saying, move into moralism mm-hmm. and say that, um, you know, this is the Bible and we follow the Bible because the Bible... Um, Yes, but it's because God loves us. Like it's because God has condescended. It's because God reveals Himself and seeks this relationship with us. And right. So, um, getting at the heart and not just the actions. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I interrupted. Um, no, that was good. Um, so yeah, I mean, what are some other uh, practical things that we do to? So uh, that's also I mean, we mentioned. I, I started off by saying that. Our oldest is only two years old. Um, so I, I will say that it's kind of difficult to implement these things because he just can't understand a right. lot. Um, he loves reading Bible stories, which is actually pretty awesome because <laughs> even the little Bible story books that kind of annoy me because they only tell like a tiny bit of the story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he loves them. And so that's good. Like it's good that he will know these stories, even if they, yeah, even if they don't take their proper bent even mm-hmm. as, if it's basically like reading the message to him <laughs> just because we talked about the message the more. message Sorry. in picture form yeah um but it's still good i, I mean it still still makes me proud that he enjoys it um but it, it so you have to tailor it to their understanding and right now he just doesn't understand much so um 
So it's hard to give practical tips because it's... Well, right. You need to treat your children like they are unbelievers because they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, how and, and how do you se- do that? Well, you need to be, like like we were saying, modeling and preaching the gospel to them mm-hmm. con- consistently, constantly. Yeah. yeah. And I, when we, when we put them down at night... Um, I always do a prayer, you know, we read a book mm-hmm. or a few books and then, um, and then we pray together and then I put him down. And so that's just his routine. And, uh, yeah, I we often, do that at nap time too. Awesome. I often, um, pray when I'm praying for, you know, God to awaken his spirit, you know, for God to, um, give him, bring him life. Mm-hmm. So like he's heard these things now. Obviously, he doesn't understand them because he's two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are things like that where, you, yeah, we have to acknowledge. Like, yeah. we we certainly have hope and we have faith that God will use our use us and our roles as parents to form that biblical foundation for Him, and that God will use what we teach Him to to make him come alive to Mm -hmm. save him to draw him to to himself um so there's hope like i'm not saying i'm not you know you said you you treat your children as if they're unbelievers yes but it's not it's not out of um it's not in a nihilistic sense it's not a cynical sense like oh you're just an unbeliever no you, you can have real and deep relationships with unbelievers um but it's 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 with a hope like they have an immense blessing that their parents are Christians. Yes. Right. It was an immense blessing for me and all of my siblings that my parents raised us in the church and like that we had Bible studies together as a family or, or even a class, you know, we were homeschooled and, and we would go through the Bible like that. I wouldn't be the person I am. I wouldn't have the understanding of the scriptures that I do without what my parents have done. Mm-hmm. So, so take heart, like God will use your work um, of, of kind of like tilling the soil in your children's hearts. Like, um, but also don't fool yourself into believing your child is a Christian. Right. And, and here's where, it, again, we're Baptists, so I'm sorry. I don't, I don't mean to, I don't want to um, have that debate of, <laughs> of you know, whether your sorry, children are in the covenant. Right, exactly, exactly. I. I get it. I don't want to have that that whole conversation. Um, and maybe you think I'm inconsistent. Okay, that's fine. But that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is um, just how yeah how to parent and how mm-hmm. to parent and frankly an unbeliever. Um, well, and and I mean, part of a Presbyterian's parenting would be baptizing. So I, I understand how they would fit that into parenting right that's not what we're talking about right now exactly exactly yeah i don't i don't necessarily want to get into that um i except to say that i I don't think you should view your children as in the covenant um but now now we are getting into it sorry (laughs) um yeah just that you you preach to your child right and we have a real hope that god will use what we do to bring them to salvation it's not an assurance 
but it is a real strong hope. Yes. Because God does work through families. I agree with you. I agree with you, Presbyterians. God works through family. He saves households. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, But he also seeks personal relationship and requires personal relationship in the new covenant. Okay, that's it. I'm sorry. Uh, Not going to go there. (laughs) Uh, We can can have this debate uh, later when I have time (laughs) and I've slept and I've thought. Um, But I mean, I I think that, again, these... it's not necessarily a practical tip, but it's a foundational truth of how do you view your children? Mm-hmm. How do you view your relationship with your children? Um, do you understand the responsibility that you have right. before God, the, what he has called you to as a parent? Mm-hmm. It's a big, it's a big deal. It's not you plus another kid. It's, uh, it, it changes your, your role before God. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't let that scare you away. Because we all don't know what we're doing a lot of the time. <laughs> um, we all, yeah, make mistakes. And and that's part of it, right? God uses our mistakes to show grace mm-hmm. and to model grace. So. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of grace, that's something that you have to have a lot of as a parent. Um, and, well, as a spouse as well. <laughs> Um, but I guess just some more practical tips. Um, I, like I said, um, parenting, well, your children are little mirrors, right? So if you, if you are really impatient and ungracious, um, your children will be also, um, so that, that's something that Yay. I constantly have to check about myself. Um, so a practical tip, um, and I don't know, this may sound cheesy, but like pray, mm-hmm. like constantly pray and check your heart. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that's, I don't know. For, for me, that's really the the only thing that's worked for me is just like in those moments where Ollie is being a two year old, you know, and, <laughs> kicking your water bottle, over. and uh, yeah, and I'm getting really frustrated, you know, like I have to, I have to stop and I have to, you know, go before God mm-hmm. and repent of my attitude in that. Mm-hmm. And and just ask that he would, f- you know, fill my heart with grace mm-hmm. and change my attitude. Um, and reorient yourself Godward. I know that's not a real word, but I think it's it's a good. Um, yeah. To refocus the, and and to realize that you are like again, I'm, I'm going to beat this drum is that this is your role as a parent. Mm-hmm. Like God has given you this and he has equipped you to do this. Yes. Um, and if you're just in your own head and like seeing your kids as a burden, cause sometimes that, you know, sometimes that's just that your mindset in, yeah. <laughs> when you haven't had sleep, you're a little creeped in this morning. <laughs> you're, you're a little bitter towards your children that they're not allowing you to sleep, you know? Um, so, so coming before God 
and asking, but also coming before God in prayer just to see God and just to recognize, okay, you know what? I'm not, I'm not the God of my life. Like I'm not the King of my life. You have put me here and you have called me and you've given me this responsibility and it's not, um, it's not a burden. It's a responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that puts things in perspective as well. Man, prayer is just awesome. It does so many things. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and you probably have more practical tips than I do since you're at home with the kids <laughs> and I'm off work. Well, yeah, it, <clears throat> excuse me, it's hard to, I don't know, form tips without there being a specific focus on a certain aspect of parenting. Yeah. Because um, just doing general tips. Yeah. It's hard to rein them all in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I've hope, I hope you have enjoyed us rambling about our chitlins. <laughs> I don't know why I say that. Where did I even get that Our from? animal intestines. It's disgusting. Oh, gross. <laughs> Steamed animal. Why would you eat into why? Okay, stop. Just stop. Just why? What dish is that? Is that hmm? menudo? Yeah. Ugh. Oh gosh, it's one of the few things that I've had. I'm not a picky eater. I'm not a picky eater. I like all kinds of different foods, but menudo is one of those foods that I cannot stand. <laughs> like I literally, the last time I tried to eat it, I literally gagged a little bit and i was like oh no is this gonna come up after i (laughs) swallowed it like i was afraid that at the restaurant i was just gonna puke all over the table (laughs) it smells horrible (laughs) it feels like cartilage it doesn't taste as bad as it smells but it just it does taste kind of dirty though yeah it's like dirty um, I was going to say taco soup. What is it like enchilada soup? What is that called? Tortilla soup. That's what it's called. It's like a dirty flavored tortilla tortilla soup. Mm. Anyways, <laughs> so menudo. It's great. Kids and menudo and Thor. Good episode. <laughs> and Stranger Things. <laughs> and Doctor Strange. Yeah. All right. Well, um, any recommendations? Ooh. Or did you have anything else you wanted to say before we sign off? No, man. I'm tired. Okay. Cool. Um. Maybe reco. we'll tweet out some tips and tricks on how to hack your kids' brains. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Reco, 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 reco. I don't. Know, you go first. Oh gosh, I didn't prepare for this. <laughs> what? Um. Well, aside from the things that we talked about. Oh, geez. Um. No, I mentioned it earlier. Um, Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. There is also um, on iTunes U, there's a course that he taught on Shepherding a Child's Heart. I assume that it is pretty much just the teaching version of the book. Um, I, I, yeah, I've, got, I've gone back and forth between that and the book, and they seem to follow pretty closely. Um, so that, I mean, that's a free an easy way to kind of get into it if you don't want to actually sit down and read the book or you're like me and you can't finish books because you're dumb and undisciplined. <laughs> no. 
Um, but yeah, so search that out. It's, it's really good stuff. Um, also for the lack of being that, uh, that cheesy Christian dude, have kids, just have kids. It's a blessing. Just, just have some kids. Have have some kids here, here, take a kid (laughs) or adopt some kids. Yeah. Take that kid. (laughs) He wants a dad. Sorry, that was okay. weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, okay. So, well, okay. I'm, I'm, yeah. Sorry. Side, <laughs> sidebar. I, I always like have these battles of like, oh, should I go into this? Should I talk about this? Cause I ramble a lot. Um, so for those who can't have kids or even those who aren't married, parenthood, um, they would fall into the can't category. What? Oh, yes. Yes, they would fall into that same category. Sorry. <laughs> I was like already a mile ahead of where I was talking, so I forgot Sorry. what you were talking about. Okay. Um, know that kids don't have to be physical children. Um, so at the risk of over-spiritualizing it, talking about parenting as a role, you do also, as a member of the body of Christ, have a parenting role over those who are younger than you. Mm-hmm. Um, we helped out in youth small groups before we had kids. Yep. And that's a way that you can shepherd children. Obviously, it's not the exact same thing. But even um, even Paul talks about how he was a spiritual father over a lot of the, the Christians of the day. He even uses the... Um, uh, the analogy of being a mother to some of them. So there are certain things in your relationships with younger people. All all that to say is that don't be discouraged if physical children is not a possibility for you. Um, There is still a role that you can fulfill as a, a a parenting role that you can fulfill in some Mm -hmm. way. And so um, the way that I was going to tie this into recommendations is um to I, I would recommend like study this more even if you don't have children whether you're preparing to be a parent and to have children or just as a um as a blessing to your church and a blessing to the people around you uh i, I would say study this so wrapping that up into shepherding a child's heart it's good stuff yeah um, I would recommend uh, Missional Motherhood. It's a great book by Gloria Furman. Um, yeah, I mean, it, she, she goes into that as well awesome. of how basically, I mean, if if you're a woman, you are a mother. <laughs> like, um, like whether it's, you know, you physically birth children or, um, or, you know, you've adopted children or, just being um yeah that like mother that picture of a mother Mm -hmm. um to others like spiritual mother um within the church um i mean who was it Oh, oh deborah um in judges you know she in her song she calls herself uh a mother to israel um Mm -hmm. And so as women, we are called to, um, to raise up other 
other women within the church mm-hmm. um, and children as well. So, yeah. And it, maybe this is 2017 talking. That's so important. It's so formational. Um, don't hear that as th- that you have a lesser role. Yeah, that's all. I mean, the impact of mothers on their children, like that's foundational. I'm I'm trying to think of another Mm -hmm. word just to to say how important that Mm -hmm. is, how... Tim Challies did a really cool series um, on uh, mothers of like basically iconic iconic um christian leaders of today okay cool it's a pretty cool little series check that out there we go so we'll throw that in the recos as well all right and don't know Ollie if you can hear it awake <laughs> but now our children are awake so we're gonna have to cut it off here because we're parents and we gotta take care of them <laughs> we can't just ignore them <laughs> all right well till next time Talk to you someone. Talk to your kids. Talk to you someone. <laughs> Talk to your spouse. Bye. Goodbye. That's what he sounds like right now. Uh...